A very good morning to every one of you. Well, it's a wonderful time to be in the presence of God because when we are in the presence of God and we allow him to uh, let his light shine into our lives, something good is going to happen. And that's what we expect today once again. I want to start uh, reading a few scriptures. Uh, and, you know, this is a study of God's word. Remember, what is most important for all of us is to know the word of God. When Jesus was uh, in the desert, after the glorious uh, baptism that he experienced in the river Jordan and heaven opened to him, and God said, this is my dear son in whom I'm well pleased, the next thing was a desert experience. And of course, this is what we are often not prepared for. But then we need to understand that when we are going through a desert experience, through a temptation, through a test, what is most important at such times is that we know the word of God. We know what is written. Because Jesus overcame the power of darkness simply by the word of God. He didn't go into a fist fight with, uh, with Satan. He didn't try to argue with him in any way. You know, a lot of things that people are doing today when it comes to the devil, Jesus didn't do it. And I think we need to learn from the Lord Jesus. What Jesus did is simply quote the word of God. And the quoting of the word of God settles everything. You know, he didn't need to fight with the devil anymore because the devil had to leave him. You know, he, he ran out of ammunition because Jesus could not be twisted. He could not be sidelined. He could not be put into something that he suggested, but he was able to quote the word of God. It is written. And that's why it is so important that we study the word of God. Amen? You know, you can get excited. That's fine. Uh, but even if you're not getting excited, as long as you learn the word of God, that is very important. So let us uh, begin uh, our journey today in the book of Psalms 104, verse 1. Psalms 104, verse 1. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. He wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the, clo the, the clouds his chariots and rides on the wings of the winds. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. That's a powerful word, you know. God wraps himself in light, okay, like a garment, you know, like we are putting on clothes. God is full of light. Actually, everything about him is light, and, you know, it is a very powerful, you know, example that we are reading here, that God, who is so great, clothed with splendor and majesty, is a God of light. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, we read, the path of the righteous, and of course, the righteous are not people who make themselves righteous, but the righteous are people who are 
becoming righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the work of the Lord our God. So the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Now that tells us something about our development, okay, where we start from. Okay, we start early in the, in the morning, you know, when everything is still dark. And then, of course, it begins to shine ever brighter until there is no shadow. You know, when there is the full light of day, the sun is uh, on its highest sunlight, then there's no shadow, okay, or almost no shadow. You know, when it's still beginning to go up, of course, long shadows are, are cast, but the higher the light is going to come, the less shadow there is in our lives. And, and, and that's what uh, the Word of God tells us, you know, this is how God wants us to progress in life. You know, we are called the righteous of the Lord because God has done everything in order to make us righteous, okay? All we need to do is cooperate with him, walk with him, let his light shine into our lives, and then things are going to happen. John chapter 8, verse 12. This is a scripture I hope we all know very well. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we can see there's a connection being made between light and life. Okay, if you have no light, then your life is just a mere existence. So God wants us to have light and really have the quality of life. And that's why we need to come and expose ourselves to the light of God. He is the light of the world. And, you know, further down in the book of John, chapter 9, verse 4, the Bible says, as long as it is day, Jesus is speaking, he is coming where no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Praise God. Jesus is the light of the world. But then we must understand, while he is the light of the world, he also wants us to be the light of the world. Okay? And that is really what we want to talk about today. Jesus is not just uh, saying, okay, look at me, I'm the light. Actually, he wants us to also follow in his footsteps, to also become the light of life, just like Jesus himself. And that's, <clears throat> that's what uh, the Lord Jesus tells us very clearly in Matthew, the world. But now he says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and puts it under the basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out to all, for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful. We thank you for the lights. Thank you, Lord, that we are here today, that we don't have to sit in darkness, neither in the natural nor in the spiritual. But we thank you that you have brought light into this world and that you let your light shine each and every single day. And Lord, today,
we pray. Let that light shine deep into our hearts in every corner of our lives so that we can become light. Lord Jesus, so that we can be able to be the light of the world as you called us to be. So Lord Jesus, we ask you to bless your word to each and every one of us listening in our hearts and our minds so that we can put it into practice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In the book of uh, John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible tells us God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Okay? God is light. There is no darkness in him at all, unaffected by darkness. Light is his nature. <clears throat> light, righteousness, and justice, and a lot of other words that the Bible uses in order to describe that light are really the center of his being, you know. Uh, righteousness and justice are called the pillar of his throne. And that's really important, you know, because that is what gives authority to God, because he is total light. There is no darkness in him at all. There is a lot of darkness in the world, but then that darkness does not affect God. And of course, not only that the darkness is not affecting God, actually God sees through the darkness. He's able to understand that darkness is not something that can lock him out. Okay, in the book of uh, Psalms 139, verse 11 and verse 12, there's a very interesting scripture there. And uh, I want us to, to think about that for a moment. Okay? You know, uh, the writer of this psalm said, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. Okay, sometimes, you know, we want to escape from, from the troubles that we have. But then he says, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. So we must understand, <clears throat> God is not a God of darkness, but even if there is sin brought into the world, he is still above it, and he's still able to penetrate even that darkness, <clears throat> but it does never affect his nature. <clears throat> Unlike us, as human beings, that is exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. God told them, stay away from that fruit, that tree that produces a fruit of evil, the knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> because he knew that man could not be unaffected by evil if he would commit it. Very unlike God, you know, God does not do evil, neither is he affected by evil in any, in any way at all. So God can communicate with Satan. And if you read the book of Job, you will find that God speaks to Satan. Even so, Satan has fallen. Even so, Satan has sinned. Okay, he's the one who brought sin into the world. You know, the Bible tells us that he comes to uh, steal, kill, and destroy so he's the one, the originator of, 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 of evil. 
And even when God created man, it was, it was Satan who was tempting the man to do evil as well. <clears throat> but then we must understand, God can still talk to Satan and he can still talk to the sinners. <clears throat> the sinner cannot live in his presence because actually that would be impossible. You know, it would be, it would be able, you know, I mean, it, the light of God would kill us because we, as sinners, cannot be exposed to that brilliance of light. And that's why God hides himself from us. <clears throat> Even when Jesus came into this world, he's the son of the living God, but he was hiding from us. He was not coming as the eternal Christ. He was coming as Jesus, the human being. He was living like a human being. Just like the first human being, Adam, came to live on this earth, even Jesus, the second Adam, lived on this earth, and he was not immediately recognized as the Christ, as the eternal son of the living God, but he was. Because if he would have come as the Christ, as the son of the living God, without, you know, covering himself, without, you know, putting a clause of humanity over his brilliance, we, 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 we need to receive the light in small doses, so to say. When, when God created the heavens and the earth, the first thing that he did, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Okay? When we are coming out of darkness into the light of God, the first thing that God gives to us is give us light. Okay? That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. Okay, seeing is very important. If you can't see, because it's dark. So the first thing that God is doing, he is actually bringing light so that we can see. Actually, then we are coming into this world, like a baby is born, we are born into, into God's world, and we receive light. But God does not give us all the light, because as I said, you know, if, if God would come in his brilliance, in his glory, we could, not, we could not stand it. So God releases enough light so that we can see, but he keeps the other light back so that it doesn't kill us, okay? So that it doesn't overwhelm us, so that we are able to, to uh, transform day by day. And you know, like Proverbs was saying, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. You know, every day, begins with a first gleam, okay? Some, some bit of brightness, you know? Some, somehow the, the skies are, are beginning to brighten up. Not very bright, but uh, just so that you can realize we are no longer in the darkness of the, of the night, but we are now coming into the day. And that's exactly what happens in our lives because God is uh, a good God to adjust his program of, tra of transformation according to our ability. So nothing is hidden from the eyes of the Lord, not even darkness, not even sin. You know, God is a majestic ruler, the maker of the heavens and the earth, and his light is able to shine and penetrate everything. And yet he has decided that he will be only able to give the 
the portion of life that we can actually survive and absorb at that particular time. So God's created man to carry his lights. Okay, we all know that God created us in his own image and likeness. The, the, very, the very desire that God had is that we should be like who was falling into darkness, into evil, but we should walk in the light. And God created us in that way, that we should carry his light. So God desires, okay? He has desired and he desires, even today, to transform us. That's a lifelong uh, transformation process that God has, uh, has, you know, brought into each and every one of our, uh, you know, I would say life school, because, you know, we are learning lessons along the way. So God desires his own image to be seen in us. And originally, that is exactly what was the case. You know, when God created the first people, they were able to have a covering of God. Okay? Remember when they sinned, uh, they were hiding. And when God um, was asking them, where are you? Why are you hiding? They said, we are afraid. Why are you afraid? Because we are naked. Who told you that you are naked? Uh, well, you know, did you eat from the tree that I told you not to eat from? And of course, yes, they knew. This is what happened. So the, the moment they broke the... The law of God, okay? Because God told them, okay, from that tree you must not eat. But the moment they, they, they disregarded and disobeyed that command, that garment which they had disappeared, okay? So if the Bible tells us that God is the one who wraps himself in light, that's exactly what he did with humankind, okay? He wrapped them in light. And it was a wonderful garment, okay? It was not like the garments that we have to... The light of God was shining in them and through them wherever they have been. And of course... And that's what the Bible calls death, okay? Because they died in their relationship to the living God. They could no longer uh, move as they did before. Yet sin cannot stop God. He continued his mission to bring back the light into our lives. Okay, bring back the light into our darkness. And thank God, that's what he continues to do every day. You know, whenever we hear the word of God, God apportions his word in such a way that light will be able to shine into uh, our lives, even into the corners, you know, even into the depths where normally... Nobody can see. But God sees. God understands. Okay? We can never, you know, put stuff under the carpet because God sees all things. You know, it's amazing how people are trying to sometimes uh, use the justice system to, to favor themselves. But in the presence of God, that's impossible. You cannot push things around and, and somehow make people uh, get fooled of, of what is happening in reality. So God is busy working things out. Now I want you to understand 
what God would love us to be, how God would like us to be. And there's a very powerful example in the book of uh, Job. Okay, you remember Job was a man who was really an amazing example of a man who was walking with God. Okay, even God commended him. You know, when, when Satan came and, 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 and uh, you know, uh, had to report before God, he was asking him, where are you coming from? And he said, oh, I'm roaming the earth, okay? There are some people who are roaming today. Okay, not only your phone, but uh, sometimes people are roaming, you know, just looking what uh, ill stuff they can do. Okay, that's what the devil did. He was trying to see who he could, uh, could uh, trying to trip. And so God said to him, have you considered my servant Job? And uh, of course, Job was a hard nut for Satan because Job was living an exemplary life. Job was a man who was able to let the light of God shine in him and through him into society. And this is what this scripture is, is telling us. And I want to uh, read this with you. Job chapter 29, verse 13. The man who was dying blessed me. Okay? You can ask yourself, why was uh, the man who was dying blessing Job? Because Job was sitting on his bedside. He was giving him comfort. He was helping him to see the greater picture of eternity. And so he says, the man who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. Okay, when somebody becomes a widow, there is no singing, there is mourning, isn't it? But Job was able to turn things around into singing. I put on righteousness as my clothing, justice as my robe and my turban. Okay, so he, he, he didn't say, you know, uh, I am just, but I, he put on righteousness and justice that he received from God eternal. And then he says, I was eyes to the blind. So in other words, I gave them guidance. And feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. Now that's a very, very powerful introduction to a life that God would love us to live. Okay, if you live such a life, first of all, you know, you need to know who is suffering, who is not able to see properly, you know, maybe in the natural, you know, struggling of not being able to walk the way one should. You know, in other words, Job was able to understand the people in need. He could see the people who were struggling. He could see the people who were fighting battles. A man, a very... Wisdom. Now that's amazing because you know Job was a very influential man, a very uh, wealthy man. He didn't need to worry about all these other people who were in trouble. But that's exactly what he did. So in other words, he he was a perfect example of what God wants us to be when we prosper. Okay, a lot of us we want to prosper so that we forget about the poverty and 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 we 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 have a luxury life. 
Uh, and, and unfortunately, there's a lot of that kind of uh, thinking, even in the mind of lots of Christians who are just praying, Lord, make me rich. You know, give me this car, give me that house, give me that mansion, or whatever. But then, you see, Job understood what, pro- was, what prosperity was for. And you know, this is, this is a problem because a lot of people today do not understand why God has given them the things he gave them. But Job did understand, okay? He understood that the riches that he had were not just for himself, but they were for those who were struggling, for those who needed guidance, for those who were about to die, for those who were in mourning, for the stranger who needed support. And before you can do all of these things, you first of all need to see it, okay? And you know that most of the rich people, they don't see the, the need of the problem of the, of the people who are suffering, okay? The people who are living in, in, in poshy, you know, houses, they, they don't go to the people who are suffering uh, where maybe uh, 15 people are in, living in one room. They don't see it. They don't want to see it. And yet God says, you know, you need to be an example to those who are in need. Now, of course, we cannot turn the whole world upside down. But, and actually, it was not just Job saying so, but in Job, there is no one like him. That's amazing. So God wants us to understand when he blesses us that the blessings are not just for us to, uh, to boast about them or to flourish in them, but those blessings are meant that we are serving others who are in need. And we need to see that need. We need to understand what is happening around us. That's why God wants us to be the light of the world. God wants us to be the salt of the world. God wants us to have an influence on the darkness of this world. And of course, if we don't see the need, then we cannot really make a difference. We can only see, uh, we can only make a difference when we see the need. Okay? It's very simple. There are a lot of children who have no parents. And of course, you know, somehow they live. The way how they live, we don't know. Unless we see how they live and reach out to help. Okay, that was a burden that God put on our hearts many years ago. You know, there were many, many people who were not having mother or father. Some of them had lost one parent. Some of them had lost both parents. Some of them lived with grandparents. And there was a lot of suffering. And God told us to see the need. Okay, and you cannot do anything about the situation unless you first see it. So if you are to see it, you first need to have light. And you know, God wants to give you light in order to see the need. Amen? That's how we started our children's home, okay? Because we were seeing the needs. God was showing us the need and we were responding to that need. So the light produces only what is good and what is true. Okay, let me take you to the book of Ephesians. 
Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. The Bible says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have the light from the Lord. Okay? That should be true for all of us. Unless you haven't got the light of the Lord yet, then you better get it today. Okay? Once you were full of darkness, you know, every human being on the face of the earth, the Bible tells us very clearly that we have all gone astray, so we were all full of darkness. Maybe you are born in a, in, a, in a Christian home. You know, that means your parents are, are, are believers. You sometimes think, ah, me, me have been always a Christian. Wrong. Nobody is always a Christian. Everybody has to make a decision to walk with Christ. Even if you have a child and you never knew anything else, you still have to make a decision to walk with Christ and not walk in the darkness of these worlds. That's very important. So, uh, Ephesians says, but now you have the light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. That's a challenge, okay? We need to live a certain standard. God is a God of light, and we need to live as people of the light. That means we need to live in the God's standards. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. This light within you. That's a powerful word. Think about it. The light that is inside of you will produce only what is good, right, and true. So if there is something that is produced from inside of you which is not good, right, and true, then it's not the light of God. Then that's your old nature. Okay? And we know that we're all struggling with our old nature. But you know, our old nature, nature needs to be penetrated by the light of God so that everything will be according to this scripture so that what comes out of it is good, is right, and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Okay, so we are given... A caution here. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. That is Ephesians 5 verse 10. So in other words, we should consider our... Then for sure, we will please the can. Now, you see, when we are used to darkness, <clears throat> light can be very painful. I'm sure all of us, we have experienced at one time or the other... You know, you are, you're asleep and, and maybe somebody in the, in the room switches on the light, you know, a bright light, and, and it, it pains you, okay? Because you are not yet adjusted to the, to the light. Light can be very painful. And it is definitely painful in a spiritual sense, you know, when light uh, is, is, is penetrating uh, the, the world of darkness, the world of sin, it is very painful. John chapter 3, verse 19, Jesus is explaining this, okay? He's explaining what happens. Okay, he says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Okay, the light that was shining into their lives was very painful because it brought things into the open that they didn't want to be in the open. 
So they would rather hide from the light. They would rather run away from the light so that nobody can see what is really the true state of their, of their, of their inner being. And I think it's important for us to, you know, be exposed to this very scripture that Jesus is telling us. You know, if there are evil things in our lives, we should not run away from the light, but actually we should allow the light to heal us, to cleanse us, to bring us into a different state of mind and being so that we are no longer evil, but that we are being transformed into his likeness. Verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light. Okay, so there is an either or situation here. There is no in between. You either love the darkness or you love the light. You cannot love both. Okay, you cannot say, okay, today I live in the darkness, tomorrow I live in the light. That's not possible. Okay, the one who does evil hates the light. And he will not come into the light for fear his deeds will be exposed. For fear his deeds will be exposed. Okay, you know, uh, we all portray a certain, a certain uh, image of ourselves. And uh, the image that we portray of ourselves should be a good reflection of what is truly inside of us. But we know there are a lot, a lot of people, and hopefully not us, who are portraying something completely different. They're not portraying what is inside them. And of course, that's why they are trying to cover up with a lot of money or with a lot of things that, uh, that are trying to create a certain status in their life so that it looks like, hey, these guys have everything going for them. But then, you know, you can't fool God. Yes, you can fool some people sometime, but not, not even human beings all the time, okay? There's a saying which says you can't, you can't fool all the people all the time, okay? You can fool some people sometime, but not all the time. And neither can you fool God at all, okay? So the, the word of God is very clear. Everyone who does evil hates the light. And we okay, hear that his deeds will be exposed. Okay, God loves us. God wants to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When he exposes certain things in our lives, it's not because he hates us, but because he loves us. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to make us right and holy and righteous. Okay, and that's why he does what he does. So light should not be our enemy, but it should be our friend because the light of God comes because God loves us. Because God is love, light, and, you know, and life. All of these things belong together. Love, life, light. Isn't it? So God is busy bringing us into a state where we see who we are, but then transform from who we have been. Verse 21, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Okay, the people who live in the truth of the word of God, they will, they will long for the light because the light is like a good shower that gives them, you know, 
refreshing and will cleanse them from everything, you know, from all the dust or from all the sweat that was there before. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. And you know, when we love the word of God, we will want to come to be exposed to the light of God. We will want to get as much as possible from the word of God. And that's what God desires. Okay? We should not hate the light. Even so, sometimes it can be painful. But we should love the light because it refreshes us. It does us good. It will do many wonderful things inside of us. Now, I want to show you uh, an example of a, of a man who lived in the darkness, okay? Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 22, 22 verse 4. Jesus is, I mean, uh, Paul rather, is, is telling his story, you know, as a testimony later on in the book of uh, Acts of how he was transformed from where he has been to who he had become. And he says to the people there, I prosecuted the followers of the way. These were the people who loved Christ. I prosecuted the followers of the way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them. I even obtained letters from them to their brothers in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Okay, so he had an intention to really destroy the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody who was, uh, you know, believing in Christ, anybody who called him the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord, was an enemy to Saul. And he was doing his very best to lock them all up. And he was hoping that if he had locked up enough, then eventually they would fear to continue on their way. Okay, because that's what they called these people, the people on the way. <clears throat> but then something happened. Now listen carefully. The Bible says, at noon, as I came near Damascus, I think all of us, we understand that noon, that's when the sun is brightest, isn't it? Then it's, that's when it is up there, okay? Then, you know, there is no, no shade, no shadow, in any way. But at noon, something happened, okay? At noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. Okay? There was already light at noon, am I right? But then there was a different type of light that flashed around Saul. A light that had nothing to do with the sunlight. That was the light of Christ. I fell to the ground and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Okay, so God spoke, Jesus spoke to him. And you know, uh, we must understand Jesus is the light of the world. Okay, when he was in the body, 
and he was, you know, seen and perceived as a human being, as Jesus, then people didn't see that light. When he said, I'm the light of the world, they said, oh, you are just another human being like us, so what are you talking about? But Jesus is the light of the world. And at this particular time, you know, he released just enough light to make uh, Paul overwhelmed. He, he, he didn't give too much light, otherwise he could have died. Okay, but he released enough light that he fell from his, from his horse, okay? And, and you know, uh, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why, who are you, Lord? This is very interesting. I mean, Saul calls Jesus Lord the very first time in his life. Why does he call him Lord? Because for the first time he realizes that whoever he was serving was not really the Lord. He had come face to face with the Lord. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. So in other words, the light that was released to, uh, to Paul was different than the light to the others. They have seen the light, but they were, not, they were not becoming blind of that light. They saw the light. Saul heard the voice of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. The others didn't hear the voice. So, you know, God can reveal himself in, in very strange ways. You know, something can happen to you and your neighbor next door doesn't know what is happening, doesn't know... Uh, what you are going through. Because God speaks to us on an individual base because he wants to transform our lives. So my companion saw the light, but he did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. <clears throat> what shall I do, Lord? Once again, this is the second time he calls Jesus Lord. Okay. And this time he says, what shall I do, you know? I mean, before that he was never asking, what shall I do? He had a lot of plans, what he could do in order to destroy the church of the Lord. This time, everything changed. He had to ask, what shall I do, okay? No more his own plans, no more his own ideas, no more his own, you know, uh, selflessness to try and lock up the people. This time he's asking, what shall I do? That's amazing. And the Lord said, get up, go into Damascus. There you will be important. All that, now many of us, we give ourselves our own assignments. Just like Saul. Saul gave himself assignments. He was you know, a religious fanatic. He was, he was one of the of the Pharisees who really wanted to uh, uproot the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he felt that he could do it all by himself. He felt the others were not doing enough. So he, he took things into his own hands. He gave himself assignments to do the job. And some of these assignments that he gave himself, he had actually completed them successfully in his own perception. But of course, these assignments that Saul gave to himself were not according to the plan of God. So God says to him, 
Go to Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. So in other words, somebody else is taking over the, re the reign of his life. Okay? So in other words, there is a plan that God has for his life that is different from his own ideas. And you know, this is true for all of us. All of us have an assignment from God. And many times we are unaware of that assignment. We do the things that come into our own mind, that we plan for ourselves. But Jesus comes to visit this man's soul. And the light is so strong, so powerful, that this man is never, never, ever the same anymore. In fact, he is blind, but for the first time he can see. Okay, the light was so brilliant that his natural eyes were closed. I mean, this was very painful, what happened in the life of Paul or Saul at that time. But then when his eyes closed, his natural eyes closed, he was able now to see what he had never seen. Before. With an assignment that God had given to him, the purpose of the life that God had actually graciously given to him. And we should all understand, you know, the life that we have is a gift that God has given to us. Not so that we do with our life whatever we think is good, but that we ask, Lord, what shall I do? Okay? What is your desire for me? What is your assignment for me? Okay? And when you understand that it's the assignment that God has given to your life, everything begins to change. That's why even the name changed, you know, this man, Saul, was no longer Saul. He now became Paul. That is a reflection of the change of nature inside of him. He was a self-willed man, a sinful man, a man living in darkness. But when God was shining his bright light into his life, everything began to transform. Everything began to change. Not immediately and not overnight. We must not misunderstand that, you know, it needs just one, uh, one experience on a Damascus road and then you are a different person. No, actually, Saul needed to be exposed to God for a, a number of years. The Bible tells us that he went into the desert of Arabia where he had uh, revelations from, from the Lord, where God prepared him. And he had to go into Difficult situation. At one time, he had to run away from the enemies. You know, he had to be left, let down on a basket so that he could run away from the, you know, from the uh, wall of, the, of Damascus so that he was able to escape the pursuers. So it was not an instant change of everything. You know, it's just like the Bible has been saying in the book of Proverbs 4.18. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. Oh, okay, it begins somewhere. And God, on that day, of course, he, he sent a very powerful gleam of dawn into the life of, of, of uh, Saul. But it was only the beginning. It was only the start of a transformation that made him to be a tool in the hands of God that is still ministering to us today. World a tool of blessings to the whole world of God's, okay? 
Christians all over the world. You know, I mean, I can assure you that today as we are uh, uh, looking into the word of God, as we are reading from the book of Ephesians, for instance, written by Paul, or many other things, or, or the book of Acts, spoken by Paul. Paul is giving us an amazing insight into the word of God that God gave him because he assigned him for that reason, for that purpose. Okay? So understand, God has an assignment for every one of us. And we need light in order to see that assignment. And it is my prayer that God gives us light today. You know, that he lets his light shine into our hearts, even if it's painful, but that we can be able to, be under, to understand the assignment that God has for us. So Paul, or Saul says, what shall I do, Lord? And he said, get up, go into, the, go into Damascus, and they will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus. Now that powerful man who had all kind of ideas of what he's going to do now had to be led like a little child because he couldn't see anything. Okay, he was helpless. And sometimes God brings us to a place of helplessness before he can be able to equip us with his assignments and the power to fulfill those assignments. Then he says, my companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. The brilliance of the light had blinded me. Jesus appeared to Saul. God, and he released some of this light. Not everything, he would have died, okay? So again and again, you know, God gives us light. And even when we study his word, God gives us light. God speaks to us. God illuminates certain dimensions in our life so that we understand. And that's what happened to, to Saul on that day. Now, Saul, of course, was very religious. And that's why he needed such an experience. Because for him to read the uh, scriptures of the Old Testament, he had been doing that. He had been a student of one of the top teachers, Gamaliel, and he couldn't see the lights. Okay, because all of these teachers of the law, they were, you know, casting a shadow over the light. And that's why they never received Jesus as Lord. They never uh, accepted him as the Messiah. Even so, it was so clear. And Jesus said, yes, I'm the son of the living God. And they said, no, you're blaspheming God. And that's why they nailed him to the cross. So he couldn't understand. And so he needed such an experience where Jesus appeared to him and released some of the light, some of the brilliance of the light that was so bright. You know, lunchtime sun is very bright. Can you look at the sun? You, you can become blind, actually, okay? But the sun was nothing in comparison with the light that was shining around Saul on that day because it was high noon, okay? And there was a light that was so brilliant that was drowning out the sunlight altogether. Yes, and the others, they saw the light, but they, they didn't have an idea about the intensity which the light came to Saul. 
And it is my prayer, you know, that God opens up our eyes so that we are able to see the assignments God has given to us. You know, many of us, we are so full of our own assignments that we cannot fulfill the assignments of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So remember, light is ruthless. Everything that sings, seen. And that's what happened to, to Saul on that day. Everything that was hidden became bright, became into the open. He couldn't hide it anymore. You couldn't, he couldn't uh, have an excuse for it anymore. He couldn't put it under the carpet. I mean, it was so bright and so open, he couldn't run away from it. So the the, the process of repentance is very, very painful. And, you know, when I say the process of repentance, I'm not just talking about uh, us repenting the first time when we come to Jesus, you know. Repentance is something that we all need continuously. Because when we do wrong, when we make a wrong turn in our life, when we speak in a wrong way, you know, we need to repent. And it's painful. It's not easy. But when God shows us light, we need to take that turn. We need to really learn how to repent. It's very essential in every one of our lives. You know, we cannot do without the forgiveness and the cleansing of our Lord on a consistent basis. So God can only use us according to how much light we are allowing him to shine into our lives. You know, if we are getting stuck with a little light in our lives, then what we can be able to accomplish and achieve in the kingdom of God will be very small. But the more the light of God can be able to transform us, can be able to change us, the more he can be able to utilize our services, can use us in his work. And that's what he, what he desires. Okay, after all, God has an assignment for all of us. He's the one who created us, assignment for us as well. Okay? When we, uh, you know, employ somebody, uh, there should be a job description for the person that we employ, isn't it? You don't just employ some, somebody who says, oh, you, you have nothing to do, okay, come, you can sit here. Uh, that would be a waste of time. Nobody can afford that, okay? When you're employing somebody, you have a job description. In other words, there's an assignment. And when somebody joins you, then you give him the assignment, you, you tell him what is expected of this person so that that person can carry out his or her assignment effectively. And that's exactly what God does in our life. You know, God has brought us into his kingdom in order to make us understand his assignments for our lives, to make us effective in his kingdom. And he's busy working things out so that we become more effective by the day. So this is an ever-increasing process. As long as we are having breath, God is still busy working in our lives. God has a vision for your life. He knows what you are capable of being able to do. Maybe you say, I can't do that, okay? 
remember Moses. Moses said, no, 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 I can't do that. I, I, I can't talk. And Moses said, is it not me who made the mouth, who made the tongue? Okay, so sometimes we limit God. And so don't, don't uh, you know, uh, feel limitations. Because if God says, I have an assignment for you, then he removes all the limitations that hinder you to carry out that work. So God has created us for a purpose, for an assignment. And the light of God has the power to transform us so that the light will be able to make us the kind of people that he wants us to be. Think of the sunlight. Is, is the sun not very wonderful? Okay. The sun brings us warmth. You know, we have been feeling cold, too cold, during this uh, cold season. Am I right? And thank God, it's warm again. Okay, sometimes even becoming too warm. <laughs> okay. Thank God, things are beginning to grow. You know, I have got my mango tree in my, my yard, and I can see a lot of blooming going on on my mango tree. So this year, there should be a good mango year. Okay. Amazing things are happening because the sun is there. The light is shining. The light brings transformation. The light brings warmth. The light brings growth. The, the light, you know, melts the ice. You know, the light can do amazing things. And that is true not only in the natural. It is true in the spiritual realm of our spiritual life as well. Sinners can come to Jesus and he turns them into saints. Okay, many people have a wrong picture of who a saint is. You know, some people think a saint is somebody who has died a long time ago and has done certain things. Let me tell you, the Bible calls us saints because we are saved by the blood of Jesus. Amen. So we are able to stand in the presence of God because of the light that has transformed us. Because of the light that is making us into people that God wants us to be. So remember... A Jacob, a transplanter, a deceiver, could become Israel, the prince of God. Okay? Saul could become Paul, an apostle, who is still speaking to us in a very powerful voice through all the writings that are in this book that we are holding, the Bible. Okay? That's why we need to expose ourselves to the light every day. So that the, the, the life of God will bring growth inside of our hearts and lives. God has called us to carry his light into the darkness of these worlds. Okay, let me just read, you know, there are a number of scriptures I couldn't touch this today. Read it on your bulletin. But I want to read from Psalm 37 as I close. Psalm 37 verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts. Amazing, okay? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of your cause, like the noonday sun. 
Okay, you begin from the dawn, then you go to the noonday sun. So, God is challenging us that we commit our ways to the Lord, that we trust in him. Then we know he will do what he has promised. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways. When they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off. Okay, don't forget. Things will turn one day. For evil men will be cut off. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Praise the Lord. Isn't that powerful? A little while and the wicked will be no more. So you look for them, they will not be found. Okay, these are the guys who dominate the scene. Every day they are making their statements. But it's only for a little while. One day, they will be gone. Even if you look for them, you can't find them. But the meek, okay, not the weak, but the meek. Meek is a very powerful way of submitting our lives under the very hands of God. The meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Praise the Lord. So let the light shine. You see, in the very beginning of creation, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And whenever we come together, as we have today, God says, let there be light. And the light shines forth from his words. The light shines assigned it to accomplish. And remember what Psalms 37 says. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Okay? If you have not seen it yet, wait patiently. Trust him. Don't run away from him. Don't, don't say, but what are, why are these other guys succeeding who are doing wicked things? Don't, don't follow the example. Trust the Lord. He will come at the right time. He lets his light shine. Even today. You know, and as you, as you find time, please go through these scriptures again on your bulletin because, you know, these scriptures give us light. They bring us illumination. They make our lives transform. Imagine how a soul could become a Paul. Imagine how a Jacob, a very crafty guy, could be transformed into a man whose name is still on the map of every, uh, every atlas today, you know, Israel. It's a very prominent name. And that's what God wants to do. It can only happen through his light. Our God is a God of light. He wraps himself in light. And he lets his light shine into the darkness. And thank God he lets his light shine into our hearts. And whatever happens in our hearts, you know, whatever is, uh, requires cleanup, he will do that. He brings warmth 
He brings warmth in our hearts. He brings growth into our hearts. He brings a harvest into our hearts. That's what his light is able to do. When there is no, you will not do anything. But when the season is right, you plant, the sun will be able to let the seed germinate. And it will bring you a harvest at the end of the day. So let's give praise and honor to the Lord who is working in every one of our hearts so that we can be able to fulfill our assignments in the plan of God. Let us pray. Lord our God, we thank you that you are the light that shines into the darkness. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are shining into our hearts because you want every corner to be illuminated. You don't want to have dark areas in our hearts. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can be the light to the world because you have made us light, first of all. And so, Lord Jesus, we look up to you. Thank you, Lord, that we can listen to your word as it shines forth into our hearts, into our lives. We are so grateful, Lord, for anything and everything that you continue to do. Lord, we, we don't even have a clue of the many things that you continue to do for us. Some of the things are hidden from our eyes. We don't know what is going on. But Lord, you work on our behalf all the good things of our lives. Just like you let your sun shine to bring us a harvest. This light is rich. It has all got the necessary rays that are required to bring growth. And in the same way, Lord, you give us the light in its inside of each and every one of us so that we can fulfill your assignment in the Lord. Lord, to you be the glory and the honor. And we say thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs>